Hey, good morning. It's Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am. I, I say this every single day, like when I get on here, that I, I say I'm really excited. But I'm really, really, really excited today. Um, I have an, an amazing lady on with me today. Her name is Renee Bangelsdorf. Renee, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much, Ken. I'm glad to be uh, vicariously through you in Columbus, Ohio this morning. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I live I live really far north of Columbus now, <laughs> so, but, but we live in a pretty nice area. Um, and I'll talk about that offline. I don't need people showing up to my house, but so, so, um, you know, this show and, and you and I met through our mutual friend, Lisa Copeland, and I just love Lisa. She's on here. As a matter of fact, I see her on here right now. So, um, you know, I, I am like, you guys are just you both of you are two unbelievable people and i i know you guys wrote a book together and i have an image of it i'll pop up on the screen here in a little bit but um this show is about um helping people that get stuck in life have a breakthrough and and get through the stuff and i think that we we learn by hearing other people's stories how we can we can do that so um, let's start with telling everybody who you are and where you were born and raised. Wow. Okay. Well, I am um, a middle-aged white woman, as you can see. That's very <laughs> exciting, I'm sure. Uh, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and then split my childhood between Birmingham, Alabama, and Westerville, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. So. Yeah. Kind of southern and midwestern all roll into one uh, crazy package. Uh, I love it. So you 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 were back and forth between Alabama and Columbus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, w so where did you go to like school like like high school and elementary and all that? So elementary was in Alabama. Okay. Uh, middle school and high school were in Ohio, and then I went to Ohio University for a journalism degree. Ohio University. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've had some people in the past work for me that went to OU. So uh, one, one guy in particular, I'm thinking of like, I'm like, dude, the party's over. You got to work now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's got a reputation. Let, let's just be real. So I'm um, embarrassed to say that I spoke there uh, to a bunch of undergrads and I happened to confess that I did uh, master my drinking skills at OU. <laughs> so uh, I, I, that's probably why I haven't been invited back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. So, well, we won't. I mean, OU is a great school. It's a great school. As a matter of fact, I think my wife has spoken there in the past, too, to the marketing department. But um, so. So you went to OU, and and after graduating OU, um, what was your degree in? You said journalism. My degree was in journalism, but okay. let's let's go back just a little bit because yeah. you use this word called graduating, and yeah. Ken, that's that's not really what happened. I got pregnant and I got married, oh. so my dream blew up in my face or got shelved, oh. if you will. And that's, you know, that's something you have to kind of break through. So and that's I'll be honest college. with your list in college. Yeah. My junior year in college. 
dropped out of school, got married, and had a kid. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, um, okay. <laughs> so I graduated in 2016. I actually went back and got my undergrad degree in 2016. Wow. Okay. Um, which was just a couple of years ago. Right. I was on the 28-year plan. <laughs> Yeah. And people cut on people that are five and six years, right? So, so wow. Okay. So let's talk about that. So here you are. What is that? 20, 21 years old, 20, 21, maybe. And, right. and you're, you're in college and you get pregnant and you like have to drop out. What, what did that due to your self-esteem i'm just because that 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 really honestly i think that's the biggest thing that holds people back is they they do things they we make mistakes in life and we we stay stuck in them right or you know sometimes things happen to people that you know i clearly i did that to myself with right. a little help from my husband but right. but sometimes things happen to people that that you aren't expecting it all that you didn't have anything to do with a, a company dissolving and you lose your job right. or a, um, a parent dying and you needing to provide for your family or, you know, things that happen that, that weren't from our choice. And so a lot of times we have to learn to pivot. And that's what I did. Yes. Um, I pivoted, I pivoted from being a, a on my way to being a world-class journalist to being a, a first rate mom yeah. because that's really important. I mean, raising kids is, is vital. And so I pivoted and yeah. then clearly I, I pivoted back. I mean, yeah. I, I am where I am today, not because I, I stayed exactly on that path either because right. today I run a company that buys and sells private jets. I, and so you go through life pivoting yeah. and that's what brings you your breakthroughs. I, I love it. And so you pivot and you continue to push through whatever comes your way. I love right. that. And, and so, so you were, um, and, and were you living in, in, I mean, let, I mean, OU is in Southern Ohio. So were, were you living down there in that area? No, oh. no. So we, my husband's also from the Columbus area. So oh. we both, we moved back to central Ohio Okay. And had our son there where we had family support, which when you're 21, uh, newly married and a new mom is very important. Yeah. Family's family's important. We, I, hey, my wife, um, we had our, our, our youngest daughter is eight years old and had my wife was always a professional. Like she graduated from Ohio Northern and um, and then she just, you know, she was a career woman. So I met her nine years ago and, and like, we didn't even like, she had, she's like, I'm never having kids. And, and then boom here, all of a sudden at 40 years old, she's pregnant. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine? So, you know, we, we, uh, she had her, she had our daughter literally four days before her 42nd birthday. So, yeah, so it's like, um, you know, so uh, again, you, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, but when you have a child, right. th everything changes everything. So, so you were, so here you were living in Columbus. Yeah. Did, now, did you have a career 
Did you did you start a career or were you? No, no, no I stayed. I mean, I was a career mom there for a while and I would get bored and I would go work somewhere. I worked for a we moved to D.C. when Jake was pretty young and I I started working for a telecommunications billing magazine. Very exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I wrote about phone bills for two years. It was oh uh, it's scintillating reading. I, uh, I know you're going to go look it up as soon as we get off this Facebook Live today. I might but, Google it right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it challenged my intellect, which is what I needed. Yeah. And then I went to work for a, for a dot-com company out in San Francisco, and I was flying back and forth between San Francisco and D.C., which was a lot of fun, and that's where I learned marketing. Wow. And then, and then I, you know, that company blew, you know, kind of fell apart during the dot-com bust, and I ended up taking those skills and applying them to, you know, PTA and being a basketball mom, and then I would get bored with that and do freelance uh, marketing or journalism, and yeah. so I've kind of gone back and forth yeah. um, through that, but then 10 years ago in 2008, my husband and I started Charlie Bravo Aviation, and through a, a course of events there, in short order, I became the CEO of that company and have been leading it ever since. So, so let's let's talk about that because that's 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 huge. And and you know, first, I, you know, I met with with um, a, a guy. Well, you you know who Grant Cardone is, and I met with him once, and 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 he's like, so what do you want, dude? And I go, I I, I want to blow up like you are, and he's like. Okay, but why? What do you? What's your ultimate goal? I go. I want a jet. <laughs> like I want a jet too, dude. Like you're not the only one that gets to have a jet, you know. So it's like I, it, you know, it's always been a dream of mine, and it will come. And you're gonna help me get that thing one of these days. So, um, you know, like we that, can do that today, Ken. <laughs> I mean, we can go through the assessment today and yeah. sign a contract right now. I know. So here comes the close. Um, I'm definitely not there yet, but I, I you know, I, I'm curious what in the world compelled you to get like, is this so this is your first venture into owning your own business is. No, is that... I, I had a freelance business oh. doing some freelance marketing. Okay. Um, and one of the companies that I was freelancing for bought and sold private jets. It just happened to be where my husband was working. Gotcha. I also um, had an organic cookie dough company for a while. And that was, that's when I met Lisa. I was make, I was making organic cookies. Wow. And then, and then, um, and then as I was doing marketing for this company that Kurt was working for, both of us kind of felt like we were hitting a, a ceiling there. There wasn't an opportunity to have equity. And so we started our own company together as 50-50 partners. Wow. And that within a year, it shifted to a 51-49 mm -hmm. uh, split so that we could get certified as a woman-owned company. Nice. That's awesome. And that but, was the aviation company. That's the aviation company. So we've had that for 10 years. You know, we started in, 2000, in February of 2008, um, just a few months before fuel prices skyrocketed and the bottom fell out of the economy and Nancy Pelosi roasted all the automakers who flew to DC for their bailout um, yeah. on their private jets. So it was 
the perfect storm of a bad time to be starting an aviation company. But you know, it made us um, lean and strong and strategic about what we were doing. And one of those strategic things was putting me in charge of the company. Wow. So, so, okay. Like, and, and aviation, like selling aviation, selling private jets, um, those things aren't cheap, are they? <laughs> well, some of them are. are um, they? It depends how long you want to fly them. I mean, <laughs> we sell assets. I think we have one under contract right now for $300,000. A jet? A jet. What? A beach jet. Um, and then, but I mean, yeah, the acquisition cost is low, but the ownership cost isn't necessarily low because you're paying to fly it you're you're paying if you don't fly it because you have to still maintain it and insure it and all that kind of stuff yeah. but but it's a it's an attainable asset for a lot of people it's just the the operations cost are are sometimes onerous right right so are you uh in in this business are you like a uh, i mean do you you have this the you have these things in inventory or you're like kind of a broker kind of we're broker most of the time um we do own one plane right now with a partner um and we'd like to sell that one so you and i will talk about that one as soon as this show's over today (laughs) um it's not that far from you it's sitting in nebraska waiting for its new owner but um but yeah we mostly serve as a broker um, which is a really good um, place to be when the assets are fluctuating in value quite a bit. It's, yeah. it's not as um, it's pretty risky to flip planes um, when yeah. you don't know what's going on in the economy from day to day. Right. So so when so let's back up when when you started this um, company, you were um, Alicia Doyle wants one. She's on here, so you can, perfect. Yeah. Just, I, I got her cell number. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Just DM me after. I'll get you all hooked yeah. up. Bro. So, uh, you know who she is, right? So, so, um, so when you started this, I mean, where did, did like your husband keep his job or did you guys go all in or how, how did that work? No, we went all in. Wow. Like both of us put all of our eggs in one basket. I mean, yeah. he was starting a competing company. And we did that very amicably with the company that we were leaving, but we directly compete with them. Wow. Now, net is net. Somebody just asked a a friend of mine um, here in Columbus actually um, asked if is are you you're not competitors with NetJets, are you? We are in some ways um, because we we try to take their clients. So when people are ready to move from fractional ownership, which is what NetJets is, a a timeshare, if you will, into full ownership, um, that's where we come in. Uh, Sometimes we're getting rid of an asset for somebody so that they can move on to NetJets because they don't need to be flying as much as they were and NetJets fits their mission a little bit better now. I gotcha. um, yeah. Adam Johnson is a, is a friend of mine. I have several friends who work at NetJets. I think it's a, a great company and I'm pleased that they fill that niche. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'd like to get more people off of their fractional program into full plane ownership. I've, I, you know, uh, a friend of mine, um, 
he's like 21 years old too and he has this membership to that jet smarter thing and yeah. and and he's like he, he when i was in vegas he's he flew in and he's like yeah i flew in on a private jet and i'm like what and i said dude you're like 21 and he's like He's like, yeah, well, it's not, uh, it's not that difficult to do, and blah blah blah. So I went on their website, and I and you, you have to put in your email address or something to see whatever, and 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 so I and they hammer me. I mean, they hammer me on emails, and now they're like emailing me, basically saying, hey, we'll pay you to take one of our plates. <laughs> like it's like. It's this. I mean, they keep dropping the price, and now it's uh, it, so. You know what is what is something like that? I mean, what is an end? I I don't completely understand that. It's almost like you pay a membership fee and you can ride their routes or something. Yeah. So Jet Smarter has a crack dealer model. They get you in <laughs> for a very low price, and then you're hooked. And you're like, the hell if I'm flying in that middle seat in Delta again, right. I'm paying whatever it costs to fly on a private jet. Oh. And so that's a little bit of their, of their <laughs> philosophy. And they've got some, they've got some pretty powerful backing. Um, Do they really? Yeah. The Royal, uh, the Saudi Royal family is a, is a backer of JetSmart. Oh. And so it's really engaging people kind of in an entry level yeah. position. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then getting them flying privately. So yeah, you may fly on that first flight for $300, which would be cheaper than going yeah. on Southwest or yeah. Delta. But right. then the next time you decide to fly, you're the one setting up the charter and then finding other people to fill those seats yeah. and you're paying $14,000. Wow. And so wow. there's, there's an unpredictability to the cost there okay. with Jet Smarter, but it is a very intriguing model and it's gained a lot of market share, um, probably mostly by emailing people like you. I um, mean, it's insane. It's nonstop. Yeah. And there's a model kind of between the two that you've mentioned, Jet Smarter and, and NetJets, and that's Wheels Up. And so Wheels Up operates a little bit more like a country club membership okay. where you pay an annual um, dues, yeah. you pay an initiation fee and then an annual dues fee, and then you pay per hour, but it's all, I mean, you pay, you're all in, like right. if you pay $3,600 an hour for a King Air, you're not paying extra for pilots. You're not paying extra for landing fees or overnights or repositioning flights. What you see is what you get with them. Wow. And then Kenny Dichter's done a fabulous job marketing that and getting all these celebrity ambassadors and um and kind of experiential things yeah. for the members and so it's really it's really interesting to watch how these guys are kind of uh duking it out at the at the entry level to people flying privately yeah well i mean you know there's there's nothing uh there's nothing like it I mean, if you've been on a on a commercial flight <laughs> with a crying baby anywhere in the vicinity, and then flying private, like there's you know, like first totally. class on a commercial flight is not first class. Flying private no. is first class. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's nothing like it. So this okay, we're back. The streaming stopped for some reason. Um, so so the. I remember 2008, 2009, that whole, I mean, probably until about 
2011 or better, the economy was I don't know if it was the economy was bad or just the buyer attitude was bad. It was just bad. Um, so how in the world you guys went all in in possibly the worst time in the last 30 years to go all in on something like that? How did you survive? What did you do? Well, there were a few things that we did. I mean, one is we lived on kind of a shoestring budget mm-hmm. for a while. Um, we put a, a lot of equity into the company. I mean, all like all of our eggs were in that one basket. And then you just, you just power through. I mean, my husband's the most tenacious person that I know. He's teaching me that, um, still, yeah. uh, but he just like keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. He just doesn't ever give up. And I would think of strategic things and he would just be powering through. So it really helps to have someone who's um, strong in your weak areas and vice versa. We balanced each other out. And I think that made us a really powerful team um, still does to this yeah. day. Um, and I think having our sights set on not giving up, but making this work really really gave us that grit to, to persevere. And I mean, that's really what it takes to be successful and to have a breakthrough is to keep, you know, pounding at that wall, keep, you know, getting the jackhammer and, and pushing away. You're, you're not going to succeed if you give up when things are hard. I have, I, I, I'm, I mean, I have a, a, uh, buddy that when I first, my wife and I opened our first office, cause I freelanced for years and, and, you know, did like crown Mercedes Benz website here in Columbus. And, you know, some people you've probably heard of, um, do you remember chef Hanky? No. Did you ever go to Hanky's cuisine and down on front street? I don't think so. Yeah, oh, you a, know what I did like probably in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was, he was a five star chef. He cooked it for presidents. I mean, he was he won the Bocuse d'Or gold. It's the it's the Culinary Olympics. Anyway, I I did his website for years, and um, so you know when my wife and I met, though she had been in marketing and and ran the Ohio State Fairs marketing and all that, and and so like she had just been like downsized in 08 from a company. She was the VP of marketing uh, and, you know, everybody was downsizing back then. And so I'm like, well, you can, you know, join me and we can. And, and so, but she had always worked in corporate America and, and, you know, C level positions. And I've always been an entrepreneur. So I'm like, Hey, you know what? We just have to eat peanut butter for a while and we'll be all right. And she's like, peanut butter? What? <laughs> like, no, I didn't sign up for peanut butter. And I'm like, well, you, you got to understand, like trying to have that conversation with somebody used to making, you know, hundreds of thousands a year. And I'm like, hey, I can live on 20 grand. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, I don't know, yep. you know, like and, and, and her going Tw- 20 grand. What? No, that like, you know, and so having having that and I'm sure like. It's impossible to be in business, especially you're selling huge ticket items. I mean, even though there are jets available for 300 grand, that's still, 
That's still a lot of money because the maintenance right. and upkeep and everything, you got to pay for a hanger. You're not going to leave it sitting outside. Like, you know, so like how, like, did you guys have those conversations that we had conversations where my wife would come to me and say, um, I think maybe we should get jobs. <laughs> and I was like, we have a job. What are you talking about? <laughs> and like, did you guys have that? Any of that ever? Absolutely. And we had times, I mean, we've had times where we've gone six months between commission checks and it takes a special kind of, um, of person or couple. And it's actually pretty rare to have two people in one marriage who have the kind of risk tolerance that Kurt and I have. Um, you know, we have other friends who the, the other spouse has, you know, income from somewhere else that, that do this and, and we don't, I mean, we, we literally put all of our eggs in one basket wow. and you know, I like writing, so maybe that'll become a second career for me and that'll, that'll change that a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, there were, we've had hard conversations like, dang, we've been eating Kraft macaroni and cheese for the last two weeks. Do we need like, how are we going to make payroll? I mean, there, it's, it's a little more stable now and yeah. tax reform's been, been good for jet sales for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, there are hard, there are really hard times. And then there are times where we're like, shoot, yeah, we can pay for the whole family, the whole extended family to go on vacation. So yeah. there are lots of ups and downs, yes. high risk, high reward. I, I have a friend who, um, I remember I had one employee and a graphic designer that worked for me and I couldn't pay him. And it, I, I, it was payroll time. And I'm like, uh, uh, and he was only making $500 a week. And I'm like, I can't pay him right now. I said, and I, and I was, I didn't tell him that the, the employee, but I'm, I'm freaking out and I'm, I'm cold calling. I'm doing everything I know how to do and nothing is firing. And this is in like, Oh nine, right? Nothing's happening customers that owe me money and I'm freaking out. Like on the inside, I'm dying. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And, and, um, I call a friend of mine not to borrow money from him. They do a hundred million a year. And, and I call, I called the dad who started the company. And I said, I'm not asking you for money, but here's my situation. And, um, my, my question is this, how do you make it? What's the secret? And he said, Ken, Ken, he goes, there were times when I had 40 employees and I couldn't pay them. And I'd call them all together and say, hey, can't make payroll this week, but I'll catch you next week, you know. And, and he's like, I had five credit cards that were all maxed out. He's like, and, and, and like I couldn't, there were times it happened. And he goes, now, people walked out of those meetings, grabbed their stuff and left my company and never came back. There were people that did that. And then there were people that stuck by my side. And those people are all multimillionaires now. He said, my kids and my kids' kids will never have to worry about money ever. Okay. But it does, it doesn't come overnight. There is no secret. You just got to stay in the ring. You got to keep running, keep fighting, and you don't let the blank and tiger catch you. And I'm like, right. what's the tiger? <laughs> like, right. You know, like, what is that? So, you know, and that's it. It's just, it's tenacity, isn't it? It is. It is. You just can't give up. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing is that, you know, once you know what you're supposed to be doing, 
and you have that goal in mind, you just have to go for it and you can't be deterred. I, I, I totally agree. Totally agree with you. So with, with, you know, in your experience, um, you've, I'm sure you've met all walks of life. Um, you know, when you, when you look around and you see people that are, are stuck, I'm sure you've met people that are stuck. Um, what do you think the, the number one thing is in your opinion, what's the number one thing that, that keeps people stuck? I think there are two things. Um, The first thing is not knowing their purpose. And by purpose, I mean where your passions and your proficiencies or your strengths intersect. What are you passionate about and what are you good at? And where those intersect, that's your purpose. So if people haven't figured that out yet, they get stuck in wherever they are. And, And they need to figure that out and press through. And then the second reason people get stuck is because they make it all about them. And I think we are a society that that needs to be others focused and people get stuck in self-pity and they get stuck in um, narcissism and they get stuck in, well, entitlement and it should be all about me and society owes me something. And when we get out of that mindset and into a mindset of what can I do for somebody else? What can I give back to my community? What can I give? You know, JFK said it, ask not what my country can do for me, but what I can do for my country. Sure. I messed that quote up, but, but it's the same concept, you know, and I see a lot of people, especially middle-aged women who are stuck in depression and the best Antidote for depression is service, is selflessness. It's going to a soup kitchen or a, um, a foster care group home and serving. Yeah. It's helping your neighbor out when you know they have a, a hernia and they can't mow their lawn. It's it's going over and mowing their lawn for them. It's yeah. it's doing something to give to somebody else, and that seems to be. Uh, a lubricant to get people unstuck is, is giving. So, um, you know, and then if I'm going to throw in a third one, it would be gratitude. So being thankful for what you have, um, you know, that's, that's important. I mean, even, you know, I just watched a friend die of, of ALS and, and seeing him go into a panic attack because he couldn't, he didn't know if, if his lungs were strong enough to take his next breath, man, that that encouraged my gratitude pretty strongly. But he was grateful that he still had his mind. And so, you know, we always have something to be grateful for. And if we can focus on what we're grateful for instead of what we don't have, um, gosh, that that gets you unstuck pretty fast, too. Wow. That is so powerful. I, I mean, and actually, that may be the best answer to that question I've received so far because and, may, and may, it may just be because I totally agree with it. And I practice those things. Um, I, I've you know, I, I'm not shy. I tell everybody I'm a recovered alcoholic of 16 years sober in August. And and, you know, one of the, the first things somebody told me in that that um, that recovery program was, dude, stop thinking so much about yourself. Like if, if you, it's impossible to be, 
um, in service to someone else or helping someone else and and also be focused on your problems or your lack right so yeah. i'm huge at at that like you know go wash somebody else's car like what why would i do that because it'll solve your problems it and, and people can't it doesn't register right like what <laughs> that doesn't make sense but when you're giving to other people and you're helping other people there's it's impossible to stay stuck i loved that answer i love it love it and gratitude i have a gratitude list i do every day so i love that um so let's let's back up a little bit and talk about um your your good friend and co-author Lisa Copeland um and how you guys met i mean how how did that all come about because you, i i want to talk a little bit about your book but let's talk about how you guys met first oh gosh there's some funny stories in i there. can imagine <laughs> lisa and i met at church and um then got acquainted there and then she invited me to be part of a charity um, uh, fashion show. Uh, she's a fashion major and, and I'm tall and thin. And she was like, you're going to be on my runway. And I was, okay, it's for a good cause. I'll do it. And, and it, this began a journey of Lisa Copeland pulling me out of my shell. And if anyone knows Lisa, they know that she is very good at that. Oh my gosh. And um, Lisa and I are about as different as two people can be. We like to say she's the gunslinger and I'm the sniper. And if you think about those personalities, they're different. But Lisa and I discovered that we have a lot of characteristics in common. Yeah. Um, because of of who we are and our backgrounds, but also because we're both successful women in male dominated industries. And we were talking one night about the crossover. I mean, she sold cars. Yeah. I sell planes. Um, there are similarities and differences there. I mean, I might sell 10 a year. She might sell 10 a day. Right. So, so there are some differences in our jobs, but really the, the tenacity and the, um, um, the other qualities that make women strong in those fields are, are similar. Right. And so one night we were, you know, sitting at a, at a restaurant and talking back and forth about, well, who do we know that's good at this? And who do we know that's good at that? And wow, we know we have such an, an interesting network of women between the two of us of these people who have really blazed trails and have, have gotten up when life's knocked them down right. and succeeded again. And we started kind of talking about, well, gosh, we should write a book about that. And so we did. So in the book, I'm going to put it up over my face. I hope I have this right. There it is. Crushing Mediocrity. Um, I, I love the, 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 the Louboutins there on the, on the, on the cover. Um, and and if you don't know what Louboutins are, go Google it. <laughs> you won't believe. I didn't know about two years ago, and I'm like, somebody said, I'm like, what's Louis Vuitton? What's that? And they're like, no, no, Louboutin. Nope. I'm like Christian I, okay. Christian Louboutin, yeah. the most brilliant man who makes women pay a lot of money to have their feet very uncomfortable, <laughs> but they look hot. So that's and they're, the they're 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 like. 
stupid expense. I mean, they're like three thousand dollars. I've seen like. Shh, don't tell my husband that. <laughs> he knows. He's, he does. There's, there's no way he doesn't know that. So, so, um, so you guys wrote this book. And, you know, I, I wrote a book. It was all me and I, you know, I, I didn't have a co-author. I, I can't, I'm too much of a control freak. I can't, I can't imagine having a co-author. So what was that like writing a book together? Well, it was interesting. Um, Lisa's a gunslinger and I'm a sniper. I don't know if I mentioned that, <laughs> yeah. but like corralling her into giving me um, her thoughts about things was sometimes challenging. And yeah. I, I did the physical writing part of the book because right. I have a journalism background and I really enjoy writing. Right. Um, and she did a lot of research and, and got a lot of people's stories together and she's helping to create the course that we're putting together yeah. right now as a follow on to the book. And so, you know, having, I mentioned earlier, it's really important to have, people who are strong where you're weak yeah. and, and vice versa. And Lisa and I really balance each other out. I mean, you know, she's action, 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 and I'm strategy, strategy, strategy. And so when you combine those things together, I think you come up with a really powerful story, but um, yes, we do know each other much better now. Yeah. Um, the good things and the, and the frustrating things yeah. about each other having sure. done this project together. So, um, Alicia Doyle says you clearly did not watch Sex in the City, Ken. I didn't actually. My wife was obsessed with that show, but I, 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 uh, I never did. I don't know what what's the reference. I don't get the reference. So, Ken, have you bought her a pair of Louboutins? That would be a big old no. Uh, that should be on your goals for this year. Okay. Hashtag big goals. Hashtag well, relationship goals. Oh, okay. I was uh -huh. going to say, I have uh -huh. big goals. Gotcha. Uh, I think I got you, Alicia. Oh, God. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. So, so, um, so with the, the, so you guys wrote this book together and obviously, um, and Lisa's a dear friend of mine too and, and a client and she's running like literally at a million miles an hour. I can't believe you haven't sold her a private jet yet. She needs one. Um, but so the um, along the way, you you published this book. I, I assume you had a publisher, right? Did she tell me that? No, we self-published oh, it. Oh, self-published. That's right. That's right. The next um, ones won't be self-published, but we self-published that okay, one. Okay. Okay. So, and my book was self-published, but I did it through Amazon. So it's way easy. It's super easy through Amazon. But, um, but you know, like, so like what's with the, the book? I mean, I, I assume the book launch went well. You guys did well with that. Um, and it's a beautiful book. I'm going to pop it up on the screen again. It's a, it's a wonderful book. I literally, I have the, um, the Kindle version of it too. Uh, along with like 3,000 other books that get recommended to me every day. Um, and I get books sent to me all the time, too. I have stacks of them over here. Um, but like, what do you feel like really helped you guys launch that book successfully? Because I, I, there's a lot of people that would love to write a book and launch a book. But what, what do you feel really helped you with the launch and making it successful? 
I think that there are a couple of things that help with the launch of anything. Um, one is that we really believed in it and we really believed the message. Right. And, and I don't know, this may sound arrogant, but we live it. I mean, we really live to crush mediocrity. Yeah. That's, that's something that we think about and we get up and put our feet on the ground out of our bed every day with that purpose in mind yeah. is to not allow status quo to rule our lives or, or mediocrity to rule our lives, right. but that we're going to stand up and fight every day to, to eliminate participation trophies and entitlement thinking and, you know, kind of go with the flow ideology. That's not who we are. So number one, we believe it. Right. And number two, we talk about it. So that's really what a, a launch is all about. Like you have to be passionate about something yeah. and then you have to talk about it. So we talk about it in our jobs and in our industries and in our communities and our kids schools, yeah. um, you know, and Lisa's a lot more on the speaking circuit than I am. And, and she talks about it and lives it and yeah. hashtags it on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else that she is because she's a gunslinger and she's going to shoot it out. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, that's really not rocket science. I've, I've hashtagged it too, actually. <laughs> so I love it. So, um, if somebody came to you and, and they said, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm struggling, you know, my, can't pay my bills. I'm, you know, whatever, like all of these things are going wrong. Um, what's the first thing you're going to say to them to help them get beyond that, to help them, you know, because again, I've been there, you know, I I've been there. I, in fact, I've been homeless in the past, you know, back when I drank. Um, but like, you know, like what, what do you say to somebody to help them like take that first jump? I think you really have to chunk it down to a little win. And, you know, I like to, this is kind of a silly example and I'll give a more serious one in a moment, but when we're having a tough time at, at work and sales are just so frustrating that we can't stand it, Kurt will often go play poker <laughs> because if you go play, if you play poker, yeah, the stakes are much, much lower than million dollar aircraft sales. You know, yes. what if it's a $5 poker hand or a $2 poker hand and you can bluff and win that gives you a little victory. Right. Right. And, right. and if you win a hand, it, it just kind of rebuilds you a, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so if you take that kind of, of shallow example and apply it to something deeper or more meaningful than Texas Hold'em, right. you, right. you, you count the little wins. You look for those little wins. And so if you can chunk things down into this is the little win, I'm going to be able to, um, to pay for, um, for my grocery bill today or to pay half of my electric bill today yeah. or to first um, Dave Ramsey refers to it as the snowball effect and taking that smallest credit card um, debt and paying that one off first yeah. and then rolling whatever you had applied to that payment into the next 
credit card and then paying off that one next, yeah. um, having that snowball effect where you start with something small so that you can get it rolling right. is really effective. And so, you know, that's what I would, would say about that. If you've got a big project or a big goal, do the next thing that's easy. You know, if your goal is to, is to close a sale with Dell, right. then start with who can I email that's going to be able to introduce me to somebody that I need to know there that's going to help me on the next step of reaching that goal. So it's finding the next easy thing to do or the next little win in taking that step. Wow. I love it. I mean, I, 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 let, I, I love it. You're right. That's why I started this show, like right there, what you just said. Because it was like, you know, I, 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 yes, I, I'm, 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 you know, I do well, um, but like, I, I didn't feel like I was was really doing enough, and and I, I, I love to give back and help people, and I know that hearing, you know, stories from Lisa Copeland and and Renee Bangelsdorf and and Bob Berg and you know about how you've gone through the struggle. You've you've struggled. You've been there. We've all been there. It's called, we see people and and I'm sure you've been on thousands of private jets, you know, and and like, you know, somebody sees you walking out in your Louboutins to to get on on a, a private jet to fly off somewhere well, they they that's all they see they see that that moment in time they don't see all of the the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or the macaroni and cheese that got you to that private jet right so um it's not there's no like magical formula for instant overnight anything and you know what we don't value it if it is instant overnight anything that's right right when you work hard for something and you really sacrifice yeah. for it, it means so much more than if it's handed to you. Yep. 1,000% agree. So what's coming up next for you, Renee? What's happening? What's what's coming down the, the well, pipe? Well, Lisa and I, probably in the next month or so, uh, we'll be launching our Crushing Mediocrity course, um, which will be an online um, course where we're, we're doing some, um, mentoring. We shot the videos for it. It was totally unscripted. Uh, we were in jeans and our, our crushing it t-shirts, um, yeah. with a, with a camera in her office. And we just kind of talked through each one of the chapters and, and, you know, kind of the nitty gritty of how to accomplish it. So, so that course is coming. Awesome. Um, I have a, uh, a new book coming out next year. Um, and it's a, um, that'll be called stand up how to flourish when the odds are stacked against you. And that really shares a little bit more in-depth look at my, um, faith and my conservatism and how those things have driven me. And, uh, so it's maybe a little more controversial than, than, uh, crushing mediocrity, but sometimes you have to take a stand. And so, that's uh that's on the horizon. I think I'll be launching a membership course and and starting to put out some resources for that um awesome. in the next few months as well. That's awesome. Wow. And hey, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So that's I, the I, truth. I think I think it's good to stand 
stand for something. So, um, so wow, you guys have, you have, a, well, you have a lot going on. I don't want to make this all about you and Lisa because you are autonomous <laughs> here, yep. here, you know, um, but you've got your own thing going on. And, and if there's anybody that watches this that, um, would like, like a really great deal on a, a new or used private jet, <laughs> no. right? Absolutely. All the, how, yeah. how does everybody follow you or get in touch with you? So all of my, I have such an unusual last name. I can get all the, all the URLs for that. So I have ReneeBangelsdorf.com. Nice. Um, I also am on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Renee Bangelsdorf. And then um, my company's website is, uh, my company's Charlie Bravo Aviation. And that website is we push. 10.com um, or they can go to charliebravoaviation.com and it'll redirect. But I'm you know, gonna, we like the, we like the sassy one. So W E P U S H T I N. I have it up on the screen. I just, just put it up on the screen. Awesome. We push 10.com and they can connect with you there. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Yep. yep. Wow. Well, listen, I am um, very, 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 very grateful that you took the time out of your busy schedule to do this. Um, like people need to need to know, like, hey, you can have a breakthrough. You can Absolutely. Yeah. So any, anything else you'd like to leave my audience with? You know, I think we, gosh, we covered so much ground. We Ken, did. I really appreciate the time being on your show and, and, uh, encouraging your viewers and being able to speak a little bit into their lives because it makes me, um, it makes me feel like if someone can learn from my mistakes or my struggles, it makes them more worthwhile. And I think that if we can have that attitude and be transparent with others, about the tough things that we go through, man, it just, it somehow sweetens the bitterness of, of the hard road that we've walked in some ways. It does. I agree with you. Well, thank you so very much. And thank you to everyone who shared this on Facebook and liked it and loved. And, and uh, thanks, Alicia Doyle, for making me have to go buy a pair of Louboutins now. So, uh <laughs> All right, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys later.